Okay. This um, was a long time coming, so I'm going to do this to get it out of the way because it literally was a drain on me to actually do this review. Um, so, here we go. Bum, bada, bum. And that's as far as I'm going to go because, you know, fuck this shit. I'm getting, getting right into it. Um, this is a review of the Birds of Quay, Bird, blah, I messed up already. <laughs> the Birds of Prey movie and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, which was then tried to be aptly changed to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Didn't. Doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. Um, it was Birds of Prey when I had to go see it. It was Birds of Prey when it was promoted. The movie is called Birds of Prey. So, that's that. Now, personal issues. Uh, this movie was so bad, so bad, that I have not wanted to speak to anyone about it to the point where to actually go in depth of how terrible the movie was. I have been blatantly, I've spoken to a few people and blatantly just went, it was bad, but to actually go in depth as to what all is wrong with the movie, I've never really done. And I'm a talker. Uh, not a social talker, but to the people who know me, I talk. But this movie basically... It just it made it 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 almost made me depressed. Um, <laughs> to to do my podcast anymore, which is really really bad. And I say this with basically um, great shame, not shame, because now I meant what I said when I said it. But you know, I, I say this with um, disappointment, huge disappointment. Because I, I do have another podcast that talks about how I actually got hyped for the movie. I actually wanted to see it. I thought it was going to be good despite everything else. You know, I thought, I, honestly, I felt like it might have been like Suicide Squad. Something that I enjoyed despite the fact that everyone else hates it. But, you know, there's, there's parts in it that's good enough to where it carries the movie for me. Regardless of how everyone else feels about it. And it's like, I know what I know about it. Um, I still enjoyed it. That's that. I'm not saying it's the worst movie. I'm not saying it's the best movie. But I still liked Suicide Squad. Birds of Prey, it's not that fucking movie. I, I hate this movie. It is a bad, bad movie. If you want my blatant review for it, it is a bad movie. There's no reason to go see it. Found out after I saw it. That literally no one was in the theaters to go see it except for people who generally wanted to review the movie. And that's fucking terrible. You cannot explain to me how there is a positive side to that. There is nothing positive about hearing anything about that. To the point where it became a fun game for people to actually try and figure out which movie theaters where during which times when they were showing the movie had more empty seats than others. Which movie theaters had about four or five people? Which ones had zero? This was a game people were playing with this movie. That's disturbing. 
So, uh, so with that, uh, a basic blatant review should be broken up into three parts. Uh, the first part, my overall rating, bad. Do not go see it. This movie is terrible. There's, there's no excuse for everything that's terrible in this movie. Um, that's the blatant one. The so that's first knocked out of the park. Yeah, I think it's bad. I think it's really bad. I hate it. Um, second review, uh, the the two other two, um, I will split it up into two different reviews. One will be the comic book analysis of it because it is a comic book movie. Um, and then the other one shall be the overall analysis as a movie, period. So, first things first, I'm going to get over the overall analysis as a movie. That is only fair. I believe when you see these superhero movies, that is, technic that is te technically how you should judge them. Look at them first as an overall movie, then go into depth as what is wrong with it, comic book-wise or lore-wise or character-wise and things like that. If to insatiate that fact that that's something that you look forward to or that you liked going into it, like I did myself. But first off, overall as a movie, um, the movie itself is very, very, very all over the place. <laughs> I, I say this because it is not kept on the rails. The movie has a tendency to just... Um, start off following Harley Quinn, but then it's kind of jumping around at different places with different characters at random points in time in the story, when initially, the story itself would have played out a hell of a lot better if they just kept it on a linear path. If you started the story out with one way, and then it kind of just coast and went on on its own, like, eventual, like, it, like the path that it should have went on, just... It starts here, and introduces this character here, and introduces this character here, and it just keeps telling a story that revolves around Harley Quinn meeting up with um, Cassandra Kane, and, and that, that would have been, been fine. That would have been totally fine. But the movie had a tendency to basically go back and forth when they were showcasing characters whenever they introduced or inconvenienced Harley Quinn, and then Harley Quinn would then go into a huge spiel because she was also the narrator of the movie, as if that was necessary, because again, that's something else that wasn't that wasn't necessary. Because all it did was by making Harley Quinn the narrator, it helped to derail the movie off tracks and have it separated the way that it did. If they didn't have Harley Quinn as the narrator because it didn't need a narrator, just could have just played the movie, then uh, it it would have flown a hell of a lot better. But that only would work if they would have played things in order, because the audience wouldn't be too stupid. To understand everything that was going on. They would have seen what was happening. And then understood what was happening. Because the movie explains its actions. And then they have Harley Quinn explain. Why the movie is showing this character. Explaining their actions. Really stupid. Um, so having Harley Quinn be the narrator. was Had that being the issue. And then basically when a character showed up. In an inconvenience Harley Quinn story. She would then backtrack. And then it go. Oh yeah, this character did this. This is their whole spiel about their whole backstory. Blah, 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 blah. Um, now, this movie did one thing that I was just sitting in the theaters going, yeah, called it. Um, and I did a thing talking about what DC is doing with Harley Quinn. And this movie proved, without a shadow of a doubt, that I'm 100% correct. Uh... If you did not know, there is currently a new female 
sidekick to Joker. They call her Punchline. Um, I just found this out recently. But uh, I was like, uh, when I found that out, I was like, oh, well, now it's just, it's it's complete. What they're doing with Harley Quinn is, is donezo. She is her own separate character now, no longer trying to be connected or identified with the Joker. They will never have that come up again because they want her to be her own woman, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but that's comic book stuff. So, um, with that being said, this movie basically had a horrible tendency to associate itself and call itself Birds of Prey, meaning that it was going to be a group superhero movie. Um, the build-up and the actual team-up of all the characters, in fact, the time in which all of the female protagonists are in the same room together is in the final act of the whole movie, which is terrible pacing for a movie. And honestly, that's just horrible with any type of story to where you have all these multiple characters introduced, but you never have any crossover between any characters aside from Harley Quinn and the cop lady when she's chasing her. And it, and it was just, um, just really really bad, just horribly bad, um, the story itself is incredibly cliche, uh, it played out like, God, what was it, I said that it was, it was just a straight up copy of any, any movie where you could think of where there's this orphan, where there's this little kid that basically needs some guidance or someone to hang around with, and then they meet someone who's generally an evil person, and then that person does one thing where they are selfishly evil, or selfish the way how they always been when the kid saw him and then the kid is just taken back by the act of how could you betray me I thought we were buddies I looked up to you yeah but you looked up to a bad person and then this bad person was a bad person and now all of a sudden you are confused and then the bad person realizes that what they did was wrong and bad uh Deadpool 2 yeah they they took the storyline from Deadpool 2 that's it um, but yeah, then this bad, selfish person realized what they did was bad, and they should have been helping the kids, and then they try to spend the last act convincing the kid that, no, I actually am trying to help you. I didn't realize I had a good thing going, so now I'm here to make up for it. And the kid is like, it's too late, and the person is like, it's never too late. And then they they defeat the bad guy, then they hug it out, because that's how those stories end. And so Harley Quinn played out like that. It had a multitude of other female protagonists, but literally they did nothing um, to fix that. Um, they did nothing to help. They did nothing to intervene. It just had them all grouped together at the end of the movie, and then they all fought in one big old fight together. But there was no significance or importance of those characters to be there. The fact that any of them could have been changed out with just a lackey that worked for Harley Quinn or... A cop that wanted to protect the girl, it shows that the, the unnecessariness, or the, yeah, the fact of those characters being so unnecessary. Is that the unnecessariness? That's not a word. So it, it showed exactly how unnecessary those characters were, um, simply by the fact that they, yeah, they didn't matter. It didn't matter when they showed them finally. And it was like, yeah, they were doing what they were doing on the outskirts of Harley Quinn's story. But in the end, it did not matter. It brought nothing to the table at all. There was never an incident in which anything changed because a character that was, um, well, any of the Birds of Prey characters were there. 
nothing. It it just didn't matter. So that was that was a huge, huge flaw um, in this movie. Because again, uh, the movie itself was carrying on with it just being centered around Harley Quinn. But you know, you came to see a movie called Birds of Prey, which is supposed to be about the Birds of Prey, but it's just about Harley Quinn. And you got these other side characters doing stuff that just happen to meet up at the end. And then they help with the redemption with the main protagonist getting together with the kid who just wants to be cool like the protagonist that they kind of worship. So, yeah, that whole jazz. So, it, the story itself was bland. It was done before. And it was nothing. And then this movie did nothing to make it different. Did nothing to make it new. Nothing to change how the story even plays out. If anything, it made it far more boring and cliche than has been done in any other movie that has taken this concept without adding anything special and like that. Hell, it didn't even have any good dialogue between Harley Quinn and Cassandra. They just It was just typically, I'm a bad girl and I do whatever I want. And Cassandra's just, yeah, I wish I could be like that. And it's like, yes, you can. Follow me, kid. <laughs> And and that that was it. That that generally was their whole relationship in a nutshell. That's and that that is completely ridiculous. The main villain in the movie, honestly, was just um just kind of this uh crazy power hungry guy. There was nothing different or new about him. Uh if anything he was so forgettable as a villain. It was sad because uh Considering that this is supposed to be, you know, a DC comic book movie and he's supposed to be a DC comic book villain, you figured that he might have his own flair, his own style, something about him that would set him apart from anyone else. They called him Black Mask, and I've only seen him wear a mask in a movie possibly twice. And I just felt that it was a, a huge miss and a fake out. They had multiple moments in the movie where it kind of seemed like he had a homosexual relationship with his right-hand man, Victor Zaz, but... That also was really weird, and it played out wrong, um, almost to the point where it was like Victor's ass was manipulating him to seem to be evil, which was also really poorly written. So it wasn't that the main guy was, so it wasn't that the bad guy was crazy, but more so he was being manipulated to be crazy. He wanted power, and he would do anything to get the power, but he was kind of disassociated with what exactly was going on in his world. Is like he would bring up stuff that basically was never relevant. The fact that people thought that he was a rich kid that's trying to break out into the crime world never was never needed to be mentioned in the entire movie. They just could have just stated that he was a crime boss. That would have been it. But to have him have that be a thing that makes him want to prove himself, if they would have kept on that, had him get calls from his father telling him, what are you doing? Like, you'll, you'll never be anything. And him getting angry at the fact that he'll do something and people will, like, mock him or someone would say something under their breath about how the fact that he really didn't do anything. And then he'll be forced to take drastic actions because he'll be like, this is what will get respect. This is what will make people follow me. Something like that to make his character unique or, you know, stand him apart from a typical just, this is a bad guy. I say he's a bad guy. So he's a bad guy. Anything like that, but they didn't do that. They had a very bland character, um, and, and it was sad because it was it was Obi Wan Kenobi. So, <laughs> and there's another L for you Star Wars nerds. Um, they then they had Victor Zaz, the right hand man of the bad guy, 
and he also was a typical bad guy. Just immediately, again, a weird incentive homosexual relationship between the two main villains, which was which was weird. Like they were like super close for certain reasons, but they shouldn't have been. Um, there were things, there were quirky things about Black Mass that I wish they would have delved deeper into. The fact that he he had he liked to wear gloves. He didn't like when people touched him. It. I was like, if they would insinuate that that's something that, you know, people generally think about, or they, you know, they, they bring up more than once. Uh, like uh, on the movie Cat in the Hat with the boss, the mom's boss, who was a germaphobe, had hand sanitizer, had bulks of hand sanitizer brought to the, um, to the office in the beginning of the movie. And then as soon as a new hire touches his hand, everyone in the whole office just gasps. And he just goes fired. <laughs> and then you go, you're fired. And he gets some hand sanitizer, wipes his hand, and then you immediately know this dude's a germ freak. He's he's a germaphobe. But they just have black mask, wear gloves, and then he was like, I don't like being touched. But they never had him do anything outside of that. So it was like, did he just did he just not like to be touched? Was he a germaphobe? Did he wear gloves because he was a germaphobe? Did he just think that stuff was cool? You know? <laughs> so anything to make break him apart from any other villain or to set him apart to make him memorable especially considering that this is a dc comic book movie they're they're known for their memorable villains so why aren't we getting a memorable villain we're just getting this guy that's evil and apparently a crime boss of a particular section of gotham i guess so that was whack uh the story itself kind of has harley quinn just go through a breakup with joker they didn't even have the good conscience to get uh jared leto to come back as a joker when honestly that would have been a high selling point to this movie, because honestly that would have been a smart move to make, especially considering that with Suicide Squad, one of the driving forces behind that, which had a lot of people come to it, wasn't the fact Will Smith played Deadshot, but it was the fact that there was going to be another Joker. The simple fact of someone else trying to recreate or do this character again was enough to get butts in the seats for Suicide Squad, which is why we're getting a Suicide Squad too, much to the dismay of certain people. But um, the simple fact that, you know, we were going to get someone else to try to play Joker, regardless of how you felt about it going in, because uh, I didn't like it when going into tattoos too much, but I, I liked it. was okay. It was just okay. I'm not saying, like, he was my favorite. I'm just saying it was okay. But so to not have him even do a guest appearance or to show up or to antagonize Harley Quinn on a regular basis or something like that, to try to convince her to come back to him or to beg to come back to him or something like that, anything that would incentivize or let Joker be in this movie to, yeah, to help with that. Just, just, and then just to help sales in general would have been a smart idea, but they chose not to do it. So that that was whack. So she was broken up with Joker, and then she decided to just go on this little bender of drinking and doing drugs and whatnot. And no one knows that she's broken up with Joker, but apparently everyone hates Harley Quinn because she used to run with Joker. But now that she was emancipated from him and she no longer wanted to be with him, uh, it was now her time to shine. She was on top. She didn't need him to gain control of it. She didn't need him for anything, but everyone hated her. Because of the things she did while she was with him. So she then kind of sends out a beacon by blowing up a place that uh, she no longer is with the Joker. Which lets everyone in Gotham know she's free game to attack and to try and kill. Which is 
a dumb concept with this character. This isn't from a comic book standpoint. This is actually from the movie standpoint. Harley Quinn was already associated and situated from Suicide Squad as to be incredibly crazy as well as more dangerous than Joker. That's what they said on Suicide Squad. It was like she's crazier than him. She's more dangerous than him. So with that, she has her own reputation. The fact that the Joker was the main thing that kept Harley out of harm's way seems impl- it seems improbable. Uh, I can understand people being like they leave her alone because she's with the Joker, but when they did what they did in the movie and they had certain scenes of random people coming after her for revenge, those people came after her for revenge for very petty reasons of small things that she did. I can see those people being crazy and upset enough to just come in after her regardless if she knew the Joker. But it would have made more sense if they would have had that with other crime bosses, other rival factions and gangs who Herman Joker might have messed up or something like that. But it was like small petty stuff that was like, oh, if this person was crazy enough to try to blow up her whole apartment, he wouldn't care that she was rolling with the Joker. He just would be after her, period. Just just cuz like he he has nothing else to lose she 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 did something to him so she did something that bad to him he has nothing to lose so just just go after her but that's not what the movie did the movie showcased basically a bunch of small time nobodies coming after her for very small petty reasons just because she simply was no longer after the joker um she was no longer with the joker so that was a very missed and poorly um poorly done opportunity considering that she was as dangerous as she was either they would have shown rival gang factions come after her or could have showcased that she just split from the joker she was trying to make it on her own and other people were trying to recruit her people who would either want to know the ins and outs of joker's organization people who know exactly how dangerous and crazy she is so they try to do any like they try to come after her like that the fact that uh renee montoya the cop when she understood and broke down that Harley Quinn was the one that blew up Ace Chemicals and she just kind of basically put a hit out on herself and she was like, she's no longer with Joker. The fact that she was the only cop chasing Harley Quinn, an illustrious, powerful criminal, you know, someone who was put in a bell rev, one of these supermax prisons that they had. Um, the fact that she was the only cop who tracked her down, knew where she was because she was just walking around Gotham in the middle of the daytime like it was nothing. Um, hitting up her regular spots that people see and everything like that. The movie would have had a lot more heart, a lot more standing power on Harley Quinn being in trouble if they were to have more cops chase after her. If they had like a whole police squadron trying to arrest her now that they know Joker's not going to come into the Gotham PD shooting up the place, you know? Some, something like that that would, that would hold some substance from them being like, yes, now Harley Quinn is free game. Anything like that. But they only have Renee Montoya chase after her. Just one cop. One old lady cop. She was the only one who was after Harley Quinn. She had a partner. Partner apparently was a whatever dude. Um, but she was the only one after her. But again, Harley Quinn is a big time illustrious criminal. So they should have had more people after her. There should have been huge swarms of cops after her when she saw her it should have been a call in and then all right let's surround her and try to take her down a a situation like that but that's not what they did and another huge missed opportunity um in the movie now uh renee montoya is a character that they had in the movie 
And they had her introduced as this cop that basically did a big bust one time. The credit was stole from her partner who became the chief. Um, so now she's just a regular detective. She's constantly solving crimes and people take her for granted. Even though she has the skills and the know-how to do what she does as a cop. Um, she's proven time and time again that she's basically a lot smarter than the other cops that are around her. But they stick her with a with a partner that doesn't respect her, who thinks basically everything that she says is a lie, even though she's a veteran cop, and typically a veteran cop that solved a bunch of cases, regardless if um, her ex-partner took the credit, wouldn't really diminish the fact that she herself has credibility, you know? And it's like, yeah, he took the credit for a bus that she got passed up on a promotion a long time ago, but... She solved other cases, right? Like, she's been doing other police work, right? So, it would make sense that she would be known throughout the precinct of being a good cop, right? Wrong. They didn't They didn't do that. They just had everyone immediately dismiss her because who wants to listen to her? And then everyone that dismissed her was a man. I'm going to get back into that later. <laughs> and remember, um, Harley Quinn broke up. With the, um, Harley Quinn and Joker broke up. We kicked her out. And Joker is a man. And the main bad guy is a man. Ugh. Even when it shows the main bad guy and it's talking about him, it it has the character who will become Black Canary in the main bad guy, back Black Mask, in his club. Singing James Brown, This is a Man's World. Now, this is not the first time DC has actually played this song. They did it in, um, in, uh, uh, damn, what's the name of that kitchen? Hell's Kitchen? Uh, the kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, the, the, the movie where the three women take over and everything. In the beginning of that movie, they play, uh, alternate version of a woman singing James Brown's This is a Man's World. And they immediately hurry up and rush to the part where in the song he says, but it'll be nothing without a woman. When in actuality, if you listen to that song, it takes forever for him to get to the part where he says it'll be nothing without a woman, which is the point of the song. Um, it, it, it's a really good and powerful song. And, and the, the, the longer it takes for it to get to the part where it says, well, it'll be nothing without a woman, it, it's impactful to the song. It's not just words. There's a reason behind it. So... I, I just get upset on a, you know, on a respectful standpoint for butchering that song by doing it like that. While someone, basically a producer somewhere was like, ooh, this song will fit good because it says it'll be nothing without a woman and we doing girl power now. And it's like, god damn it, you, you're killing James Brown and he's already dead, you bastard. So they did it again in this movie with uh, Black Canary singing in the beginning when they're showcasing the main villain, Black, um, Black Mask. Huh, Black Canary, Black Mask, weird black people, barely in this movie. Anyway, <laughs> so having that part was also really off-putting and offsetting because, again, they hurried it along to the end of that part of the song, and in all actuality, you could have picked any other song that can depict a strong woman or is, a, is an empowerful song to a woman rather than this is a man's world. Uh, and then it just had her hit a high note at the end of it, and it showed her break glass, which was supposed to be foreshadowing for something later. Which is a lame foreshadow. It was lame when they did it, but whatever. So, um, they did that with Renee Montoya. 
Burn, um, then they introduced Black Canary. Black Canary happens to be the chick that was singing It Was a Man's World. Black Canary is introduced as someone who's working at the main bad guy's bar as a singer. That's it. She speaks to Renee Montoya once. Um, in which Renee Montoya tries to get her to get information on Black Mask. And she's trying to um, bring him in for a case. And she's connecting all these pieces to a puzzle. And uh, while she's doing that, she's speaking to Black Canary. And she's like, look, just... Like, I need you to be, you know, uh, my eyes on the inside. You know, they need to be a snitch. <laughs> but, and then she was like, no, I'm not doing that. I know how crazy he is. And she's like, yeah, I know what everyone says about him. I know the stories. But I had someone, like, my last snitch was his driver. The driver got killed. I need you to pick up that slack. Because you would be the only one who could pick up that slack. Uh... And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. You heard the stories and you can't prove all the per- terrible stuff he's done. I know of the terrible stuff he's done because that makes sense in the world of Gotham. But it, um, because of the fact that, yeah, I, we, everyone knows what's going on on the streets. Like, we know how dangerous he is. That's why no one crosses him. But cops need evidence and that's not my problem. So then she brings up the fact that she knew her mother. Her mother used to work for the cops. She used to help her. They used to help... Um, Black Canary's mom used to help the cops take down certain criminals. She also knows that she has a power that she inherited from her mother and that she, her mother used it, put it to some good use while Black Canary is not. And Black Canary is stating, Black Canary then says that her mother was then killed because of her powers and, uh, and because of her snitchery. And the cops were nowhere to be found when that happened. So why in the world would she help her out? And then Renee Montoya answers that question with, I'm sorry about what happened to your mother, but I promise you, if I was in charge, it wouldn't have happened on my watch. And then the movie cuts to the next scene. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in cinema. Made no sense. It was literally other people that they then showed. It was so dumb and misplaced. What happened to the rest of that conversation? So dumb. So bad. So much bad pacing. Again, this movie has so many flaws and mistakes, and that was one of them. <laughs> it's the one that stuck out the most to me because it pissed me off while I was watching it. But that is like a reoccurring thing in the movie where the movie itself would cut and switch to other characters randomly without really finishing conversations or starting up conversations that didn't really have a practical ending to them. Uh, more so like it, all it needed was for Black Canary. It was like, yeah, no deal. I still don't care. And then walked away down the stairs. And that would have been satisfying, but it didn't do that. It just cut and went to the next scene. That's so stupid. So, then, much later, we get introduced to the Huntress, which is the last of the additional characters to the Birds of Prey. Um, And with the Huntress, she's basically a chick after revenge. She's after revenge, and the last person she wants revenge on is the main bad guy, Black Mask. So cut and dry, so boring, so whatever. She's barely in the damn movie. And then she was actually a good character. But you barely got to get to know her because she's barely in the damn movie. The concept that they had behind her would have worked well with banter with the other characters. But you only got to see that at the very end of the movie. And then when they had that banter between all the characters, it actually was good. So then it was like, why wasn't this the movie? Especially considering this movie is called Birds of Prey. But again, you're looking at it and it's 
just seems like it's not. <laughs> it's really, really not. Um, Cassandra Kane is really unnecessary. She's a pickpocket little girl living on the streets, foster kid, and then she just looks up to Harley Quinn. Bam, that's it. She's she's the kid. She's the kid in the movie. That's it. She does nothing. She contributes nothing. She's just the kid. Like everyone's after the kid, but the the kid is is worthless. <laughs> so it, she she like eats a diamond, and then it's like that that's it. It's just everyone's after the kid because of a diamond that she stole when she pickpocketed a guy. Um, because that's what she did. And then they didn't have her be the best pickpocket, which I would have appreciated. You know, just she had amazing skill, sleight of hand stuff. But she kept getting caught on a regular basis. Um, one of the weird things was that in the movie when she was walking down a sidewalk, she was just basically stealing stuff off of people. Real good sleight of hand stuff. Some sneaky Pete type shit. And, uh, you know, using her skills, going just going by, just getting one person after the next person after the next person. And... Con man logic dictates that as soon as you get a mark, you leave. Otherwise, the mark might find you. And what was retarded is that as she was walking down the street, in front of her was a guy coming out of a building with a bunch of cops, and he was pointing, that's the girl who stole from me. So that led me to believe that she's been walking around this block multiple times just waiting to pickpocket people. And these people are sitting around doing nothing. So the fact that she's been walking around multiple times just stealing and didn't think to go somewhere else just proves that she's a really, really dumb pickpocket. <laughs> so, and that's as much character depth as they give her. Now, when whenever you hear foster kid in any type of movie or, or anything like that, it's never good. So like, just know, like, basically, that's how much information the movie gives you about that. Oh, don't worry about them kids. Ah, they're my foster parents. Okay, well, now I know that they're dicks. So, you don't have to respect them. I don't have to like them. We don't need to care about what they think about you. Boring. <laughs> so boring. Uh, the, the movie is so boring. It, it was a chore to watch. So, like I said, the movie then plays out in a very typical fashion. All the bad guys are after the kid. The kid's with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn doesn't realize people are after the kid. Harley Quinn then gets caught. The bad guys tell Harley Quinn, like, we're going to kill you after all the stuff you did. Now that everyone has free range to do whatever they want to you. Harley Quinn then states that, hey, you're after the kid. I can find the kid. Nobody knows the city better than me. Everyone knows that Harley Quinn knows Gotham. <sighs> and so I'll get the kid. Then Harley Quinn tries to get the kid. The kid is like, oh my god, you're going to betray me. And Harley Quinn's like, you know what? I had a change of heart. After that, then all the women meet up. Then the final confrontation. It's not even a battle or a shootout or anything like that. It's just a bunch of pointless talking before the kid is saved by Harley Quinn. And which my friend um, AP stated was the only interesting part of the movie. Is which when the bad guy is killed. Um... <laughs> in, in which case I, I um I agree with him. It was the only different part of the movie, but I felt like it was another missed opportunity considering comic book lore. I'll get into that in a minute. But considering comic book lore along with the character and then what they were doing with the character, uh just killing him in this movie was was bleh. It's just blah. Because, well, 
again, the character was blah, the movie was blah, so why not end on a blah? <laughs> it it ended in a it ended in a way that um helped to insinuate what Harley Quinn then states at the end of the movie. In which all of the female characters are now chilling out together and it's like, hey, you know, they kinda get along. Then Harley Quinn and the girl just take off. Um Harley Quinn and the girl just take off. When they're taking off, Harley Quinn basically comes up with the idea that since there's a boss missing now this section of Gotham needs a new crime boss and she could fit that bill as a new crime boss so she will she no longer needs to be associated with the Joker the end what happened to the other characters you say who gives this shit they become the birds of prey which is what this movie was called in the beginning but they only call themselves that at the very end really really weird Honestly, it's odd, but it's the same thing the Avengers movies did. Um, but with Tony Stark saying that in his confrontation with Loki at the end, or, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. And he was just, uh, we might not save the world, but you'd be damn sure that we're going to avenge it. And as little sense as that made, that was still a powerful statement within the lore of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it still held true throughout the rest of the movies and things like that whenever they did Avengers stuff. So, that's cool. But with this movie, there was no incentive for that. The fact that all these characters teamed up together at the end was kind of just random. Uh, it did nothing to the story because they had no type of incentive to want to team up together. It's just that at the end, when they did that one measly beat-em-up where all of them were involved, they were just like, hey, we're really good at doing that together, so we should just do that together, always. And that was the decision. Rather than it being authentic, and much like the Avengers movie, in which, in the Avengers movie, you have them meet up, uh, basically in the, begin of, in the beginning of the middle of the movie, after all the characters are introduced, once all the characters are introduced, then they meet up, and they all express their differences. They don't like each other. They're all used to working solo. No one wants to be in a team. They're in a team for something that they don't even understand what it's about. They don't care why they're there. Some of them don't even want to be there. Other ones are afraid of some of them that are there. Um, and they just, they all just generally do not get along. They're not a team. And then the movie helps make them a team. They then go through a crisis. They then try to save that crisis while they're a team. Then an even bigger crisis happened. And now when that bigger crisis is happening, then their they're, they're team... Their their teammateshipness <laughs> made up word just is in full effect. Now they're they're just whooping ass. They're just beating aliens all over the place. And you get to see the team finally come together, working as a unit, becoming the long-awaited Avengers. And honestly, that's the bar when it comes to team-up movies. So the fact that this movie insinuated and did that was ridiculous hell even suicide squad did the team up thing better you had a bunch of villains together that generally did not like each other or want to be together but they're forced to be together and throughout the entire movie they all are under the same i they all had the same thought and idea we need to find a way to get the hell up out of here so we'll work together and then we'll do what they say while thinking of a way to get out of here and that was perfect. It made total sense. These people do not like each other. They have no reason to want to team up together. But they all have a common goal, which makes them chill out. 
they have no reason to just be completely assholes to each other. No, they they got their own problems, their own quirks and things like that. So Suicide Squad, which is a movie that came out before this, that was made by DC, had a better way of interpreting a team-up than this movie that came out later that was with nothing but females um, teaming up together. It's just do Suicide Squad again, but with females. Don't, like, figure out a way to make them, to give them a common enemy, and then they meet up near the beginning of the movie to try and get rid of said common enemy. No, didn't want to do that. <laughs> we have them all meet up at the end. Ain't nobody gonna see that coming. That's the genius of Birds of Prey. And again, I reiterate, no one saw the movie. No one was in the theaters. Hell, when I went to go see it, that bitch was empty. Um, and I, and I, I brought people <laughs> to go see that movie. And it's just, just ooh, just, ooh, hello. <laughs> and, like, there were some people, but, like, everyone there was like, mm, mm. I did have this enthusiastic couple in front of me that was just super happy. Um, it seemed like a dude was with his girlfriend, and uh, he was the type of guy that just agreed with whatever she agreed with because it, in order for him to make a sound, she made a sound first. So she just, oh, my God. <laughs> and it was like that bland, oh, my God. And she said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he just, oh. Oh. She, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> made, made the movie far more interesting than it actually was for me. But still stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Like, she got excited during the fight scenes. And it was like, there was nothing impressive about these fight scenes. They were just fight scenes. But, hey. Hey, <laughs> let's not forget, people saw the last Star Wars and they loved it. So, you know, there's there's something out there for everybody. Now, so the overall interpretation of the movie itself can be explained in the story. The story was very lackluster, cliche, and really dumb and boring. So because of that, the movie was very lackluster, cliche, dumb, and boring. There was nothing new at it. There was nothing done to it that made you care about anybody none of the characters that were introduced were even freaking matter it's not like i'm i'm screaming for a black canary movie or huntress movie they only got small parts and sections in which they showed up or did anything so then it, the overall consensus about these characters is, is who gives a shit it's like they're off doing their own thing now and it's like who cares it, it just really really do not care and and that's incredibly boring incredibly bad and just terrible storytelling and then nothing could fix that. If the main core of the movie was bad, everything else that followed after just sucked so much. So much. The fight scenes were bland and honestly not worth anything. Um, they did a lot to just constantly have Harley Quinn do acrobatic moves rather than use actual guns and bullets for some reason. So she was kind of going on this non-lethal trip, which is... Totally outside of her character when she has a freaking um, revolver that says love and hate on the barrel. Uh, not the barrel, but the on the revolver itself. Uh, and, you know, it, it just, they did so much to make it blah. <laughs> just the movie was so blah. And then they try to insinuate or to build up Harley Quinn's this badass. And then it was multiple times in which the badass just got the once over for no reason. Uh, multiple times when she was getting beat up in fights or times where she's about to get taken advantage of because someone roofied her or something like that. And and it was like, this seems so out of character for her. 
considering how they built her up on Suicide Squad, but they did it <laughs> for some reason, only because she was supposed to be depressed. So that was why everyone was getting the one-up on her. She was sad. She broke up with her pudding. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's like, really? So this is enough? Like, she, what? <laughs> really, really dumb. Okay. So that's that's the overall movie perspective. Comic book perspective. Okay. This is where it hurts. This movie is quite possibly one of the worst comic book movies that has been created. Um, none of the characters are who they're exactly supposed to be. Um, Black Canary's not Black Canary. Huntress is not Huntress. Uh, Renee Montoya isn't even freaking Renee Montoya. And all she is is a cop. Um, I know I'm speaking from further away, but I have to pace myself for this one. <laughs> but and, but uh, yeah, Renee Montoya is a cop. Cassandra Kane is a goddamn assassin. She was trained since birth to be an assassin. She's the daughter of Lady Shiva. The fact that that's not even something that they could have freaking mentioned in this movie is a goddamn disgusting disgrace to that character. She is supposed to become Black Bat, one of the Batgirls that shows up in the Batman story. In fact, she's the best Batgirl that's ever existed, in my opinion, because, one, she's a mute. She does not speak. That's not the reason why I like her. I just think that that's a cool concept with her. But she is basically one of those characters that it just shows up and is immediately a Batman soldier. Just no matter what. He gives her a mission, she completes it. She's on the side of good, but she was trained to be an assassin. Basically, take everything you like with Damien, and then you put it in a girl, and then you just remove all of the stupid, whiny, crybaby, I want my daddy to pay attention to me crap that they do with Damien, and then you got Black Bat, a hardcore girl that can just whoop ass. And that is not what we got. We got a pickpocket that just was stupid. <laughs> just didn't understand nothing. <laughs> just dumb. She would get into trouble, they immediately fell for Harley Quinn. One of the stupidest things that happened is that she lives in Gotham. And then Harley Quinn was like, she broke up with Joker. And then this little girl goes, who's that? That's improbable. That, that can't, that's not even something that would make any sense for any resident of Gotham to not know who the hell the Joker is. Which plays into the fact that they're trying to literally emancipate Harley Quinn from the Joker like, for real, in DC Comics, as well as any other medium, by associating Harley Quinn as her own character. She no longer needs to be attached to the Joker, which is so fucking stupid. It's, you can't do that. You literally cannot do that. One of the ways that they tried to incorporate that by having Cassandra Kane basically just go, I don't know, I don't know who the Joker is. And then Harley Quinn literally kind of says almost all of his nicknames. Um... Clown Prince of Crime, you know, <laughs> the Joker, the, the guy who escapes from Arthur. Like, he's literally on the news all the time in Gotham, you know? <laughs> the fact that Harley Quinn was a mark that no one was willing to touch simply because she was associated with the Joker would mean that this girl who lives on the streets in the poor areas of Gotham would know who the hell the Joker is. So the fact that they did that was literally just to help insinuate the fact that Harley Quinn does not need the Joker. This movie doesn't need the Joker. People who live in Gotham don't need the Joker. Stupid bullshit. 
in the movie, Harley Quinn draws a picture of the Joker that she throws knives and stuff at that she puts on a bullseye. And the picture of the Joker is in no way, shape, or form what Jared Leto looks like from Suicide Squad. This is supposed to be a continuation movie from Suicide Squad. There was no tattoos on this guy. He looked like, he literally looked like the Joker from the animated Harley Quinn series that's out currently. And in which case, the movie and the series do the exact same damn thing. Harley Quinn no longer wants to be associated with the Joker. And then by doing so, she kind of makes her own little group. And then she just does wacky stuff in the middle. What fucking ever. So, again, through all medias and all platforms in DC's uh, repertoire, they're doing whatever they can to make sure that Harley Quinn is no longer connected to the Joker. One of the things I said in the beginning of this podcast was that, yes, they gave Joker a brand new girlfriend now. Her name is Punchline. I thought that was stupid. Honestly, it would have been amazing if they would have brought back the concept of Joker's daughter. But this time, don't do that dumbass Harvey Dent thing. I don't read comics, but I know comics. (laughs) And the thing is, is that Joker's daughter was an amazing and beautiful concept that they created, which this girl just took it upon herself to take up the mantle of the Joker. She didn't want to become the Joker, but she wanted to appease the Joker. By doing so meant she had to commit the most heinous crimes and do the most outlandish crazy things within his name just to appease her father, who she just believed was her father. She took the blood vials in Joker's face that was cut off by Dollman, and then she injected herself with Joker's blood, she survived, and she went on basically a full-blown killing spree. They got her and they brought her into the Suicide Squad. And one of the things that they do in the comics was that her and Harley Quinn would have it out for each other multiple times because the daughter believed that she was the only one who was truly living up to the Joker name. But Harley Quinn was like, you don't understand Joker at all. You need to get out of here, little girl. And and that was genius. <laughs> so genius. Nah, they don't want to do that. Now the comics gave him a brand new girlfriend just named Punchline that basically is just Harley Quinn again. so and then you gotta wonder why is dc doing this with harley quinn well harley quinn is popular and harley quinn is a woman right now we're in the time when the sjw bullcrap is now like shining bright and heavy (laughs) and everyone's trying to rake in that female girl power money so everyone's doing everything they can to make sure that their characters fit that um fit that motif we need a strong female character who just don't take nothing from nobody and and because of that, she's got to, like, we're going to take any female character we got and make sure that all of them fit that criteria. Marvel's doing it. DC's doing it. Star Wars did it. Everybody's doing it. Hell, Marvel did it also. <laughs> they're, everyone's doing it. And basically, what's ridiculous of what they're doing with the comic book movies is that this kind of insinuated from Wonder Woman. But, again, this is the problem. Everyone's missing the point and what... What made Wonder Woman so great? And now no one's understanding why their movies aren't so great. Wonder Woman didn't shove in your face that Wonder Woman was better than men. Wonder Woman was just better than everybody. And it was brought up and done in such an artistic and fantastic way through small, small incidents. Wonder Woman had faults as well as she had strengths. The fact that she was so gung-ho in believing that if you kill Ares, the god of war, then that means all war was stopped, was one of her weaknesses. The fact that she was just so adamant that the only way to stop this terrible war, I gotta kill this guy. It's the 
only thing that's going to stop it. And then when Aries brought down and, and broke it down to her, something that basically she didn't know because she had no way of knowing she spent her whole life on um, Themyscira, is that that's not what man is. I'm not the sole reason men fight. They fight. That's what they do. The human race fights. All I did was give them inspiration to start this massive war, which gives me power. But there was there's far more to it because she didn't know any better. She did not know, therefore there was no way she could know. And that was a beautiful weakness that they gave to her. What weakness does Miss Marvel have? Nothing. <laughs> you wonder, did anyone like the Miss Marvel movie? No. You know why the Miss Marvel movie made money? Because Miss Marvel was connected to the MCU, and by that point in time, you had to go see every MCU movie that came out in order to connect or to understand whatever's going to happen in the next MCU movie that's going to come out. That's the only reason I went to go see it. This is the only reason it made any money. <laughs> it's like, no one cares about Miss Marvel. God, not that one anyway. I want the, I want the stripper clothes one. That's my girl. She had a thing for Peter Parker, and they went on a date, but then it got interrupted by a fight, and then they had to go do Avengers stuff, baby. Oh, <laughs> him and took me one time. But that's the problem, is that basically everyone now is creating Mary Sue characters, which is basically an infallible female character that just has no faults and no flaws. Um, everyone loves them, and they're just, they can do no wrong. But Wonder Woman isn't that type of character. She has many faults and she has many flaws, but as well as she has unbelievable strengths. One of the, the beautiful artistic moments in the movies that I was talking about is, um, my favorite scene, is when she came into the war council where a bunch of guys were standing around and then they couldn't figure out words that were put on there and she was like, oh, that's uh, Greek, I believe. I believe she said that. And it was like... How would you know? A woman can't know that. And she was like, what? How do you not know? And she was like, <laughs> she was like I know a bunch of languages. And I was like, you can't know more than one language. She was like, oh my God, who are these people? And then the guy, um, what's his name? Steve, I believe. And like, he was like, whoa, 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 you can't, can't say that. She was like, why not? And she was like, these guys are giving out wrong information because they don't know. And I'm trying to help them because I do know. And you're telling me that I can't do it because I'm a woman and that's just not how things go around here. Well, that's stupid. People are dying. We ain't got time for this prejudice crap. And that was genius. <laughs> so genius. It didn't make it go that it's all man fault. No, it's these stoppy, it's these stuffy, snobby guys that just believe that they're better than everyone else, and they like they know, and it's, it's impossible for her to know. And that and that was beautiful. But they showed other men in the movie, and none of them were seem lesser to Wonder Woman because they were men. No, they just were other men. <laughs> they had their own strengths, their own weaknesses. Dudes that were cool in certain aspects and things that she couldn't understand or do. Sharpshooters, snipers, guys that knew multiple languages that can talk and stuff like that. And that was fantastic. <laughs> that was fantastic. Other people who she recognized and saw that they had skills that could do stuff. Hey, you should be proud of the fact that you do that. That's amazing. And it's like, yeah, we can help stop this war. <laughs> I need to kill Ares. Oh, sweet baby child. It ain't just Aries, baby. <laughs> so, they did... Wonder Woman did so much. But basically, the SJW trend in doing these movies is kind of missing the point in what was happening with Wonder Woman, which made that such a really, really good movie. Uh, it's not just the fact that that's DC's longest-standing female character. Um, but 
but seriously, like, uh, that helps, but no, that movie itself was actually well-crafted and well-written for that character, and was played fantastically. I hope that the next movie is just as good. Um, only problem I have is with the lady that's playing Cheetah. Like, Cheetah is supposed to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, Cheetah's supposed to be, damn, I, I might be a furry. That That's how fine Cheetah's supposed to be. The lady that got to be Cheetah is not fine. She's, she's like an ant. <laughs> like, you see her and you go, that's my aunt. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she family. That ain't a bad thing. She's just family, you know. Like I'm, I'm as attracted to her as I am family. <laughs> like that, that's it. Uh, and, and then like you know, no harp on her. She's she's a fantastic comedian. But that's just it. She's a comedian. Chija is supposed to fit a certain aesthetic when it comes to her character. She's an incredibly acrobatic character. She's super fast, you know. She's she's a challenge to Wonder Woman. She's one of her main villains, and you would need. A woman that can fit that criteria for Cheetah. But a, a gymnast would have been perfect. A gymnast that was trying to break into acting. That did some stuff prior that decided to do his movie. That honestly would have been a far better fit for Cheetah. Than a comedian. Ugh. And then I feel like they're going to do the route with her. Like they did with Poison Ivy from the Batman um, and Robin movie. Which is that first you show her off as a nerd. Then when she get her powers you try to sexualize her. And make her really stand out, and everyone's like, oh my god, I, can't, I just gotta bang the hell out of her, and one, it's been done before, but two, it's like, yes, the nerdy factor for her, yes, that might fit, but then the overly sexualized factor for her will not fit, she she doesn't have that presence, she doesn't give off that, or she, again, is a comedian, she's a comedian first before anything else, so having that presence to where she can just immediately turn from nerdy to sexy Ain't an on and off switch for her. Uma Thurman is able to carry that. Somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> I didn't know Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Until after I've seen Kill Bill. And I was like, that's the same chick? No. <laughs> and, then, and then I also saw Pulp Fiction. And I was like, it's her? No. <laughs> but you know, in, in, in her defense. And it's like, when you see Batman and Robin, which I don't recommend you watching, but just look up a picture of her from Batman and Robin. When she was, I when she was the nerdy her, she just seemed like a nerd. But then when she became sexual and she had skin tight clothes on and they emphasized her features, and I was like, that's Poison Ivy, all right. <laughs> so it's like she's able to carry that, and she has that on and off switch. I can go from nerdy to sexy. I can click it like that. But the chick who's gonna play Cheetah and, and um and Wonder Woman, I don't see that. I don't see that. Oh my God, I went on a tangent. Let's go back, baby. <laughs> so one of the other problems in this um horrendous comic book movie that they did with Cassie Kane, um trying to make Holly Quinn become emancipated from Joker, um they're doing everything they can to make Joker seem so much lesser than Harley Quinn now. Uh, the fact that. Even in this movie, they said in Suicide Squad, as well as this movie, that Harley Quinn was smarter than a Joker. And then in this movie, they insinuated that most of his biggest and um, greatest intellectual feats were actually crafted by her. And there is so much wrong with this. 
Because the Joker was an iconic character before Harley Quinn even existed. The fact that they're constantly trying to make Harley Quinn seem better than him, which is fitting in this, you know, she needs to be her own separate character, is insulting to Joker. But the crazy thing is, is that when they do this, they try their damnedest to not get Joker involved in whatever Harley Quinn is doing. Because you cannot, they don't want to diminish the Joker. In his, but basically, it's like they'll talk smack about him behind his back, but they will never do it to his face. And they're basically holding that truth in all of their medias now. So, <laughs> they can have Harley Quinn say that she's smarter than the Joker, but they will never have Harley Quinn say that in front of the Joker. They'll never have any character say that in front of the Joker. They, they never will. It is never going to happen. They'll say Harley Quinn is doing something without the Joker. But they'll never say that she's better than him. They'll never say she was a challenge to Batman. They'll never say that Harley Quinn did all of this without Joker's help. Or Joker was basically left in the dust because of Harley Quinn in front of Joker's face. They'll say that to every other DC character ever. But they can never do it in front of Joker. Because when they do it in front of Joker, then it will diminish the Joker. So, they don't do that. And it's, it's a crafty trick. But again, so stupid and out of place because they're trying so hard to build up Harley Quinn as this anti-hero because they're, uh, it's, it feels like they're, they're more so trying to cash in on that Deadpool identity but realistically it's just that DC has such a hard time building up superheroes there is nobody else outside of things that were on the cartoons back in the 90s and the 2000s that came out that had female characters in it that anyone recognizes to this day there are so many, so many characters in the DC's uh, repertoire and library, but none of them can hold a candle or make a movie on their own. You couldn't just pop in any old character and then go, DC's making this movie about this character, and we'll care. We won't. We really won't. <laughs> Half of the reason people went to go see Aquaman is because they wanted to see if it was going to be bad or not. And then the other half of the people who went because other people told them, it's not bad. Anyway, no, it isn't. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's actually a good movie. Nah. And they went to go see it, and it was like, huh, it was a good movie. <laughs> it was like, yep. But they, and so because of that, they're not, they're never <laughs> going to try and disassociate that because Harley Quinn is a popular female character. And again, they need to cash in on that female character, SJW craze that's going on right now. So only person who could fit the bill is Harley Quinn. It's the only character that girls and everyone else knows about couldn't have did back girl that wasn't a fit especially in a goddamn birds of prey movie when she's supposed to be a part of the birds of prey oh no 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 gotta do harley quinn because we need to make her emancipated from joker in the long run within dc's mythos comic book movies and otherwise and also we want to build up or spread other female characters that are separate from everything else we can introduce batgirl in another batman movie or something like that whatever <laughs> And that's typically what they're doing now. Huntress essentially was a whack character. Um, they kind of brought in Huntress and they made her seem eccentric and crazy. And the fact that she was so antisocial and when they did have her interact with people and it was it came off weird because she was antisocial because she was raised to just be a killer was hilarious. And again, if they would have done that earlier in the movie, it would have been so much better for the movie. But they didn't. They did it at the very end. And when you got to see that, and it was like, yo, Hunters might be a hilarious character. And then the movie's over with. And it's like, oh, well, 
It's not enough for me to want a movie about her, but I guess it'll have to do. Ah, Black Canary. Black Canary is is the second most egregious stain in this movie when it comes to taking a character and putting them finally on the big screen. Not only did they go out of their way to uh, make Black Canary a black woman, which someone looked at the Black Canary comic and totally missed who Black Canary actually is, Black Canary's look isn't a look for her sake. That's actually what her costume is. Uh, this also goes back to like what they did with Miss Marvel and in introducing her character and everything like that in um, Marvel. But Marvel Comics has changed Miss Marvel's costume. And when she becomes Captain Marvel, then she has a full bodysuit and whatnot, no sexual features showing, all her legs and naughty bits are covered up. But Black Canary, to this day, still has blonde hair, fishnet stockings, uh, like a jean jacket on. Oh, boy, my legs are cramping. <laughs> uh, a jean jacket on, and uh, she kind of wears, like, I think high heel, like high heel boots or um, shoes or something like that. Are they? Yeah, they're like high heel shoes or something like that. And that's actually all a part of her look. She's a badass fighter. She's actually one of the most prominent and known good fighters in the DC mythos. As well as her superpower being something that she uses a lot of the, um, an adamant amount of times in fights and whatnot. And she utilizes to the best ability to fight enemies and things like that. She's a very well crafted fighter. Um, like, to the point where, realistically, Carol, um, Cassandra Kane, who was supposed to be raised as an assassin, should have been the only person on par with her as a fighter. Um, that's actually something I heard somewhere else, and I was like, I totally agree with that. But, they, uh, totally got rid of that by making Black Canary just immediately a singer. She was a singer. That's it. She was just a singer. She was a singer off the streets. They gave no inclination whatsoever for her to stay with Black Mask, which was another stupid aspect about this damn movie. She just worked in his club as a singer. She knew how dangerous this dude was as a singer. And all she did was stay as a singer. There was never a moment where it was like he wanted her, like she couldn't leave. It was a moment where he was like, oh, she has to stay, or she felt indebted to him because he picked her up off the streets. She just said that, but it didn't exactly say what the hell does that mean. Like, did he do something to where it was like, yo, I owe my life to him because no one else was willing to take care of me, but he did. She just said he took me up off the streets. Does that mean he just gave her a job? What exactly did that detail entail? And they never go into detail about it. <laughs> so, what did that detail entail? There is no detail. So, that was something that was immediately egregious about her character. And it made absolutely no sense in the movie-wise. And then, what they did was that they had him see her fight. And then he went, who was that? And that, to me, was the freaking nail in the coffin as to why the hell is she still dealing with Black Mask. <laughs> it's like, he saw her and he went, who's that? Oh, wait, that's my little, my little songbird. I didn't know she could fight. From now on, she'll be my driver. And that's, and that's all it took to put her deeper into what was happening into the movie. Made no freaking sense. Was so stupid. That, it was just, it was just a, a quick, hurry up rush. Let's make her more 
um, prominent in the um, in this story. So we got to put her somewhere else to where her position would make more sense, to where she would be involved heavily in what's going on later into the movie. And that's all. That's all that it was. That's all that it was. And it was just completely stupid. So stupid. <laughs> now. What they did was that they had a black girl take up the mantle of Black Canary. And honestly, I had no problem with that whatsoever. But there is a distinctive look to Black Canary. I, after looking into it further about Black Canary, I didn't understand exactly how deep that costume and everything is supposed to go. The current Black Canary actually has black hair. But she wears a blonde wig because that is the suit. That's the outfit. Um... I would have suggested the movie go even further and they give her the uh, domino mask. The, basically the mask that Dick Grayson and uh, all the Robins wear. It's called a domino mask. Uh, could have gave her one of those. You could have seen like basically the mask that they had on the show Titans. She could have wore something like that and then she was helping out and then people being like, you know, she had like had a blonde wig on and people were going, who's that? And then she's like doing stuff, wearing the outfit, trying to keep herself hidden while at the same time working for Black Mass because of the fact that she knew if it got found out that she was helping out this little girl along with Harley Quinn, she would get in trouble. But then everyone else was seeing what was happening and then no one knew about her power. So then when she started doing the little voice and everything and the sonic wave from her power, then, you know, they would have added more depth to her character. And then they kind of would have pieced together certain things when she was singing at the club and they're like, hey, you know, could have did the whole Spider-Man thing with the cut. You know, she got a cut on her from a bullet shot, from a bullet wound, and Black Man knows it. And then he's like, wear that dress I like. And then when she put it on, you can see, like, the scar or, like, a Band-Aid or something like that. He just like, oh, my God, it's her. Something like that. That would have been a far better use of her character. But they did not do that. And, again, I have no problem with her being black. I wish they didn't. Like, they didn't, they didn't need to. They didn't need to make her black. But they did. And it was whatever. So who cares? <laughs> Hell, Huntress also should have had a mask. It would have fit within her persona of being this crazy Avenger. Um, and her deciding to put on a mask and going around doing what she was doing. And then, like, she, she thinking that, you know, she's the Huntress and everyone's calling her a crossbow killer. Which, again, funny. But, like, it's like they should have did more to insinuate the fact that she's playing up this super-powered um, Avenger persona. Something like that to where, like, you know, she's on this mission to get revenge. And so her wearing a mask wouldn't have been far-fetched. But they did kind of have her put on a hood. But that just, it wasn't enough. Not To me, it wasn't enough. Um, now, with Black Canary, they also had to use her power one time in this entire movie. And then when she did it, she passed out. And if you know anything about Black Canary, I ain't got to tell you how much that just will piss you off. Because that is completely bogus. Uh, now for the third most <laughs> egregious character in this series, uh, Victor Zaz should not have been in this movie. He should not have been in this movie. The fact that they put him in this movie is completely, completely nearsighted for um, any future Batman or any future DC-related uh, inclination or anything like that that they could do with a character like him. Um... To have someone like Victor's ass, who basically on a psychotic level is just that complex of a character, even his origin as to how he got created is something that's like, damn, that's 
that's ridiculous. He's basically a victim of another Gotham villain that created him, and in doing so, he became one of Batman's most psychotic villains that he's ever had to face. And by making him just a right-hand man that's just kind of, kind of gay, was really dumb. It was really dumb. It was just a waste of a character. He He's known for cutting himself every time he takes a life. And he has a special place that he has for Batman. And then in this movie, he said he had a special place for um, Harley Quinn. So, it the reasoning that he has behind doing this with himself is, again, very complex, detailed, and crazy. Uh, so, by having him not be just this off-on-the-side villain, and essentially, they kind of wanted, they tried to go the Gotham route that they took with Victor's ass, which honestly was an okay character, especially in comparison to this guy. Um, Victor's ass in Gotham was okay. He was not Zaz as crazy he was supposed to be, but the demeanor that he had as Zaz, he was this, you know, he was bald, he was constantly going around killing people, he pulled out guns, he had girls that would follow him around, he would cut people, he would kill people, he was okay with killing as many people as he was. They, there was enough airtime with Victor's ass to where he did what he did, and he walked away with a smile on his face, and he didn't give two dams about who he did it to. And that was okay, because it didn't want to devolve into the psychotic Victor's ass. This movie does not, one, have enough time to do that with that character, and two, did not give him the presence of someone who basically did not care to kill. They gave him the presence of someone who super cared way too much about their boss, which is just dumb because Victor's ass himself is his own standalone character. So what Gotham did by having him not care who his boss was, he's just, he followed the boss. Like, whoever his boss was, he followed those orders. But as soon as it got to the point where that boss might, you know, get in trouble and it might get Victor in trouble, he, he cut him loose. And with this, is like you had him care way too much about Black Mask. Like, he just overly cared way too much about Black Mask. Like, just, oh boy, like, I, I, I need to help him out so bad. I want him on my side. He can never be disappointed in me. So stupid. So gay. <laughs> just so dumb. Now, the worst um, iteration of a character in this movie, the number one, Black Canary was two, Victor's ass was three. Number one was Black Mask. I love Black Mask. Black Mask is one of the, one of the top Batman villains to me. He's a dope Batman villain. If you don't know anything about Black Mask, it's totally cool. It's totally fine. Honestly, you don't need to. Um, the fact of the matter is that Black Mask is the guy that runs all of the Gotham crime syndicates. He is a crime boss. Um, if you're someone who's actually a fan of Black Lightning, God help your soul. But if you're a fan of Black Lightning, you know the guy on there, the whale? You know, Black Lightning's arch enemy. The dude that he's seriously trying to defeat over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. The whale listens to Black Mask. He works under him. That's how big of a deal Black Mask is. Just just to give you some perspective. Black Mask is a crime boss that runs all of the all of the under seedy underbelly stuff in Gotham. Joker is not a crime boss. Joker is a psychotic psychopath who does heist and whatever the hell he wants. Black Mask is a businessman crime boss. Penguin is an arms dealer. 
He's an illegal arms dealer. He has his own crew, but he is not a big-time crime boss. Black Mask is a big-time crime boss. You see what I'm saying? Black Mask brought in that element in Batman of there is someone out there who basically is as crazy as his major psychopaths, but as untouchable as any mob boss. He was someone that you needed evidence and proof to bring down, but everyone knows exactly how dangerous and powerful this guy is. He would sleep in one of the biggest, like, honeymoon suites in any hotel that he wanted to, but at the same time, the dude just massacred an entire family hours before. That's the type of character Black Mask was. Um, definitely look up the movie Batman and the Red Hood if you want to see more with Black Mask, and honestly, like, that's the... The movie is a perfect iteration of him. Um, it's fairly short what they show with Black Mask, but it's the perfect iteration of what he's supposed to be. And honestly, one of the biggest faux pas that this movie did was that they didn't utilize exactly what his character was. He was eccentric. He was crazy. He was someone who basically lashed out at small little impulses. One of the scenes in this movie that I thought was incredibly dumb. He got upset because in his club, these people were laughing at a table. He saw the lady laughing at the table and he went, are they laughing at me? They're laughing at me. And his ass was like, yeah, they're laughing at you. And he said, they're laughing at me. They were not laughing at him. <laughs> he got up, went to the table, told the lady to get on the table, strip, and dance for him. He's like, she's laughing. She's having a good time. He wants to see it. Dance. That's actually in Black Mask character. What was stupid about this scene is that it showed Black Canary. See this? And she started crying. He didn't hurt the lady. He didn't kill her. He didn't stab her. It was way of something else that he would have done as Black Mask. No, he just had her dance on the table, and he told her, and he ripped her shirt. That was it. That was it. And you just show Black Canary just tearing up on the side like, oh my God, this egregious injustice cannot happen to women. Because that's that's all they wanted to do. That's all they wanted to do. <laughs> and that, that, again, that's the message in the whole damn movie is that girl power. It's, it's not in your face, but there's so much of men doing wrong in this movie that you have no other choice but to believe that it's nothing that women are in the right and men are in the wrong. The person who was yelling about the fact that they was taking care of Cassandra Kane as the foster parents was the dad. The main bad guy was a man. His right-hand person was a man. <laughs> oh, God. The cop who took the credit for Renee Montoya was a man. Her um, partner who didn't believe her was a man. So much man crap. The dude that betrayed Harley Quinn, even though he was a good friend of hers, was a man. Everything about it, and it's like when you break it down on that level, and it's like you have no other choice but to believe there's some kind of agenda going on right now in this movie, and I don't like what I'm seeing. And that's all that it was. That's all that it was. <laughs> so, with, and with Black Mask, them trying to make him into this patriarchal dude that need to get taken down, when all he was was just a selfish, ridiculous crime boss, was such a missed opportunity. By making him this eccentric, crazy-ass crime boss, you could have added more depth to his character. You could have made him far more of a memorable character. Even the way how he died at the end of the damn movie. At the end of the movie, they just blow him up, and it's whatever. But what would have been fantastic is if they found a way to warp his face, because originally Black Mask actually wears a mask, but his face gets distorted and warped to where it actually looks like a black skull. And then that guy, that, that stays Black Mask. And if they would have done that, that would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been so amazing. And then he'd just be 
this mall charred freak and then possibly thrown in jail or he just would have like took it in stride and still be on a hunt for Harley Quinn or whatever's going on. And that would have been a way better use of his character. But they did not do that. They did not do that at all. Hell, even all the people who show up at the end of the final fight are all men. It just all goes back to that. Dudes need to be put down and put in their place. Terrible movie. God, it's a terrible movie. Um, another horrible thing that they did uh, in the movie, which is going to be the last comic book thing I'm going to bring up, is that Renee Montoya works in the Gotham City Police Department. The Gotham City Police Department, at this point in time, is, is after Jim Gordon is the police commissioner. Her superior officer was a captain. A captain that took credit for a crime she did. Um, if she had information, and de- she had detailed information and stuff like that about bringing down Black Mask, and her captain didn't want to listen to her, wouldn't a regular cop go up through the chain of command and talk to another higher up, possibly Commissioner Gordon, a person who everyone knows is a goody two-shoes in Gotham, and that would have been the best person to get some stuff done, in which he would have been like, if you can bring more evidence, I can tell you that you did the case, and there you go. But no, and then especially as a detailed detective that has multiple arrests under her badge, she has years on the force, Hasn't done anything illegal or wrong up until this point. And it just makes absolutely no sense that her train of thought would never be, I'm going to supersede the guy that's known for stealing my shit. No, they never have her come to that conclusion whatsoever. What a dumb bitch. It was just so stupid and dumb for her character. And considering that Renee Montoya is actually a prominent, well-known, famous Batman character, I don't understand why they did that to her. Because that just seemed, it seemed so obvious and stupid when she didn't do it. <laughs> and then it's like, what she did do was just stick to being her regular cop self solving crimes. And then basically no one believing her when she solved these crimes. There's no way that that's what happened. And it's like, that is what happened. And it's like, huh? I guess she was right this one time. I did the same thing a week ago. Eh, whatever, lady. <laughs> so stupid. Movie's just so stupid. So, with that, I'm finally going to uh, end this ridiculous, um, horrible, horrible review for that horrible movie. I did not want to do a review for this movie because I did not enjoy this movie. The fact that I said that I actually got hyped for this movie makes my disappointment for this movie far more prominent. Um, I really wanted this movie to be good. I really did. I wanted this movie to be a surprise smash. Like, it was something that I would be like, hey, it's actually good. Despite what you might think, it's actually good. The name drops that they did was for comic book people only. And it's like, and it does not matter that you don't know about these characters, but trust me, when you go see this movie, (laughs) it makes it all the more special. And it's just like, now you might want to see these characters in other movies on their own. Nope. It's not it at all. And then if anyone knew, Harley Quinn has absolutely nothing to do with the Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn is a part of the Sirens. The Birds of Prey is typically made up of Batgirl, um, of Batgirl, Black Canary, and Huntress sometimes. Uh, Batgirl can usually be Barbara Gordon, or it could have been Oracle. Honestly, it would have been a good idea to introduce Oracle into this movie. That would have been cool. Someone who was working alongside a Huntress, or someone who was working alongside of a Black Canary who was trying to keep her own secret identity. Or with Cassandra Cain, who was trying to come up as an upstart to um, 
as Batgirl and basically wanted to keep it hidden from Batman so she was having her work in secret. Stuff like that would have been a much better approach of this movie, but they wanted to make sure that the movie was an emancipation of Harley Quinn. So fucking stupid. Oh, another stupid thing I wanted to get off my chest. There's a part in the movie where Harley Quinn lives in an apartment above this old Asian man. Harley Quinn is in that apartment, and the Asian man swears to never give her up because he's that type of guy. He does not give up anybody. And then her apartment is attacked by some no-name nobody, and then cops shoot up the place. The cops don't go nowhere, um, except for Harley Quinn, like, gets out of her house, and then there's no cops around. Really poorly executed scene. But then she's like, oh my god, the cops know we're here. And then her and uh, Cassandra are trying to escape, and then there's like an explosion happened, and then the cops just disappear. Really stupid. Really stupid. She then goes down... And sees the Asian man. And then she's like, what happened? And he's like, they offered me enough money that I couldn't refuse. So I had to give you up. I'm sorry. Which makes absolutely no sense. Cops wouldn't have done that. That would have been weird. And then the pe- person who came after Harley Quinn was an absolute nobody. And not someone who basically had any money, but a nobody. So the fact that he would have offered him up enough money to where the dude would have said anything is super odd. It would have made more sense if it was like, you know, see a lackey of Black Mask or Black Mask himself there during that moment. But that's not what happened. Then the dude basically packed up his car with all of his stuff, got in his car, and he was like, I can open up a shop in a nicer part of town. And he just drove away. And then again, this is an egregious sin in the world of DC. Because this is Harley Quinn. Harley freaking Quinn. She's a psychopath. She's a known psychopath. Why would you purposely upset her if you did not fear that she would be able to track you down and kill you because you upset her? What? And then she just let this dude go and said, oh my God, I was betrayed by a friend. What is this? And which was also the reason and the meaning behind her betraying the little girl. You can't trust nobody. So I can't trust you either. I'd rather distrust you now than distrust myself later. So stupid. It is such a bad movie. God damn it. Oh, I can't believe I was rambling for this long. But I digress. The movie, poorly done, poorly written, poorly executed. A fantastic way of actually um, doing the movie in a ways in which it wanted to showcase that Harley Quinn was going crazy. Or being crazy as she was explaining the movie in parts that she had no idea of what was going on in. Um... Would have been if they would have did the approach that they did in the Arkham games when you do Harley Quinn sections, which is that she starts talking to herself, and which um, she will say something smart or break down things on a psychological level, and then she would go, Quiet, Harley. It's actually something that was told to me by someone else. And um, my brother actually told me this. Yeah. And then uh, basically that was actually fantastic. So when she went into detective mode, it was like her seeing words everywhere. And she was like, huh, that's interesting. What's that over there? And she was like, well, it looks like that this piece was actually... Because in the movie, multiple times, she brought up the fact that she has a freaking doctorate. And she's a psycho... You know, she, she has degrees and whatnot and all this stuff. But she's still acting like this weird, crazy kid. And I was like, didn't do something with that. Show that. Make... Give more of that of Harley Quinn to me. They had moments like that in the Batman animated series. Well, she will break down things psychologically, but at the same time was just gung-ho stuck on Joker. And 
it was a they what was it the uh, assault on Arkham movie animated movie did a fantastic way of bringing down Harley Quinn to where she was able to put in codes in Arkham Asylum and then everyone was like how were you able to do that and she oh I used to work here and they used to work here and she yeah as a psychiatrist and they, you were a psychiatrist she's like yeah and she looked at Captain Boomerang and she went oh yeah a guy who throws boomerangs as a weapon has um has issues with letting go <laughs> and it was like yes that's Harley freaking Quinn right there but then she would still be silly. And it's like, yeah, do something like that. Give me Harley Quinn that is the popular, good Harley Quinn. This silly go-getter girl that can do anything that she wants to and then basically barely gets in trouble for it and then kind of acts like with this childlike demeanor, that's not Harley Quinn. That's more akin, like I said, to a Deadpoolish characteristic rather than what Harley Quinn is supposed to be. And again, they're trying to copy who Deadpool is with Harley Quinn now. So let's crank up the whole anti-hero aspect and it's like yeah they're good guys but they kill at the same time and it ain't working for harley quinn it really isn't she's a known deranged psychopath and the fact that this movie was called birds of prey makes it even worse because why are we focusing on harley quinn <laughs> god damn it this would have been a perfect opportunity to showcase and introduce way more females in the dc universe to in initiate way more interactions with way way more other female characters within the dc universe but you didn't want to do that you wanted to solely focus on harley quinn because that was the money maker to you and that was so stupid also found out that margot robbie's production crew was actually a part of this movie so explains why harley quinn was the major focus and everything seeing as how margot robbie plays harley quinn also the promotion for this movie was done on twitter because everyone who talked about how much they wanted to see this movie were Twitter feminists. And oddly enough, Twitter feminists aren't people who go see comic book movies. Comic book fans are generally people who go see comic book movies. Movie fans are generally people who go see comic book movies. So if the marketing was done and the characterization of the movie was done to where it didn't shame or put down the male audience that wanted to see this, which takes up the majority of the comic book fans as well as moviegoer fans, and essentially the major people who put their butts in the seats to go see these movies in the first place, I promise you the movie would have done a hell of a lot better. But that's not what they did. They catered towards the females who was like, girl power, let's go, you go girl, and those women did not show up to the movie theaters to go see the movie. They just wanted to talk about how much pride they have for the movie being created, which is weird. And also, that's something that Wonder Woman did not do. <laughs> so Wonder Woman catered to the people who were going to go see it. DC knows who the hell their audience is. The fact that with this movie, they chose to ignore their audience should be the biggest wake-up call they have ever received. They do not have the longevity of the MCU movies. Their movies do not connect in the standard... Um, I need to see what I need to watch this movie in order to understand the next movie. They don't have that yet. So it's best to play to your strengths. So next time, I hope when they do the next Suicide Squad movie, it's sad that they're not getting Big Willie, but they really do need to get Big Willie. Um, honestly, I would I would fight to get him to come back because he was really great as Deadshot. I would have him come back and then have another person to try and step on his toes as being the big dog on campus with the Suicide Squad stuff. That's just me. Honestly, I figured that you really should do it. 
because I promise you that this movie is going to be a hell of a lot better. They got the dude who did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies to direct it, if he is still directing it. And honestly, like, I feel like the next Suicide Squad movie is going to be way better. And then everyone's going to go, you know what the problem was? They got rid of Will Smith. <laughs> and I was like, they got rid of Will Smith, so it got a lot better. And I don't want that to be a thing. Will Smith is actually, he, he's known for walking out or not accepting good movies. And this, that probably ain't one of them, dude. Really, accept it. Seriously, accept it. <laughs> so, but I... I hope that now, when they do Suicide Squad, they understand and then they they realize and understand that what they're doing so far is wrong. With the first Suicide Squad movie, they didn't let the production team and the editors basically scramble that movie to hell. And they completely disregard what the director wanted to do with the characters and what he decided to design for the movie. You can tell that by looking at the original first trailer for Suicide Squad and then how the movie is in total. All the neon light crap is just ridiculous. But that, again, is just, that's something that DC needs to, they, they're learning from their mistakes. Shazam catered towards kids. The movie itself had a kid-like feel to it, and they promoted it towards children. And guess what? That's what it was. It was a kiddie, it was a kiddie movie, but it was a DC movie nonetheless, and it was really good. Aquaman catered to everybody let everyone know aquaman movie was coming out and again i state a lot of people went to go see it thinking it was going to be bad and was ridiculously surprised <laughs> well pleasantly surprised at that um i would say i actually did a double feature when i saw aquaman i saw aquaman and i saw the bumblebee movie uh i regret nothing both movies were good <laughs> but and, and then you got the, the wonder woman wonder woman movie was was a surprise smash uh and then they did what they did with Justice League. Okay. <laughs> and and it's just like they keep making certain mistakes on some of their movies. But they have enough good press with a lot of their movies where it's like you can learn from these mistakes. And I, I hope that the next Suicide Squad movie as well as the next Batman movie will definitely boost up enough for DC so that, you know... They now understand their strengths. Marvel understand their strengths. That's why they keep making the same bullshit over and over and over again. But DC has yet to really get in that niche to where it's like, we know exactly what the hell we're doing. So realistically, they need to not follow trends. Don't look at social justice crap. Just make a damn movie. And I promise you, it'll work out. It'll work out. Don't rush nothing. Don't try to hurry up nothing. Just make the movie. Find a consultant and someone who understands the comic books. Get one of the writers to be someone who's written for the comic books. Not a woman, <laughs> but someone who's written for the comic books. That is not a woman that, or even if it is a woman, a woman who does not have previous history of having a personal agenda dedicated towards a certain cause, a certain group, or anything like that. Because they have shown multiple times throughout this movie industry that when they get those women to write these movies, they tend to skew towards their own agenda and things like that because they cannot separate this character from what they want. And, and that, that, honestly, it's not even a woman. Like, men do this same BS as well. Like, movies when you see them have a political message and stuff, and it's like, what the hell is this? Uh, you seen the Purge movies? <laughs> like, that crap. So, definitely, I this movie was a huge disappointment, and it sucked, but I just hope that they're able to learn from these 
ridiculous combos of punches. Because boy, were these punches. I would say roll with the punches, but they took them. They took all of them right in the face with this fucking movie. And I just want them to learn and do better. To do so much better. Consult with the people who work on the comics. Talk to fans about the comics. Um, and then understand exactly what area you want to take these stories in. How do you want this stuff to connect? Do you want to do like the MCU to where everything is connected? If that is if that is your main plan, figure out what the hell the end goal is. And then work towards that. And then you got something. That's all you need to freaking do. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to finally be done with the Birds of Prey. And I hope to honestly never mention this again. I know it will come up again because people are stupid. But I hope to never really mention this again. This is not a movie that I will work. This is worth buying. It's not a movie that I would watch again. Honestly, I'm pretty sure it's going to come on TV. And they're going to play in this long marathon thing on TBS. Where they played Man of Steel, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, and Birds of Prey. They, they won't have enough money to get Aquaman. <laughs> well, no, they might, they might play Aquaman on TV. Not TBS, TNT. They know drama. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, they They surely do. They surely do. And ain't nothing more dramatic than this shitty-ass Birds of Prey movie. So with that, folks, my name is Daniel the Flame. This has been another episode of Fun with Flame. And as always, I hope you had fun. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't, I don't hope you have fun. I hope you learned something. <laughs> you learned, I hope you learned a lot. Because if you don't know, now I gotta finish that, I'm not a Biggie fan. It was all a dream, shut up. <laughs> uh, oh man, bad, bad movie. Oh, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm whispering the whole time, I'm just keeping my voice down because I don't want to yell.